0: It's episode 56 of the Improv London podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Moses, and this week's guest is Charlie V. Martin.
1: having me along. Thank
0: you for coming along. This (laughs) this is one of my favourite places that I have recorded. Perhaps we shouldn't reveal where we are, but... Mm. uh,
1: We are on some very classy chairs. We are. For the listeners at
0: home. Oh, what a shame. It's just an audio medium. Uh, (laughs) You will never know, but uh, these are the best chairs. Mm. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's getting comfy.
1: (laughs) comfy. I can cross my legs on this. Nice. That's uh, important in a chair. Yeah, and
0: there's also, what are these bits called? Just wings. The wings, they've got wings. Head, headrest wings. Headrest wings. For when um, you're an old
1: man of a girl like me.
0: Yes, and...
1: Uh, a little schnooes. Yes. <laughs> I hope I don't make you fall asleep.
0: <laughs> well, beautiful thing is we're recording this, so I will at least be able to listen to it again later. Yeah, do that. It. I'll
1: just keep going. I'll just keep going. Well,
0: I, as I say to every guest, I'm on every podcast, so if you want to keep going... I don't say anything. <laughs> you get up and leave. I won't do that. <laughs> uh, if I don't say anything, then I'm perfectly happy with that. Okay. Uh, okay. I won't get up and leave. Okay. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it's a bold choice. It's a bold choice. Yeah. If I do that. Um, right. Okay. Right. So, uh, mm. should we talk about Edinburgh? Yes. You've got a show.
1: I do. Well, that's going to Edinburgh. There are a lot. When people say, let's talk about Edinburgh, I'm often like, yeah, that's where I was born. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm from. That's where my mum and dad are. Um, but yeah, no, I realise there's a bigger context to the word. Um, yes, I am taking Dante's History of the Banished. Um, it's my first solo show. Um, going up the last two weeks, and it's like a... I should really get better at <laughs> working out how to describe it. It's a character, it's a character show. There's some improv elements in it. Some parts are heavily improvised. Some characters are more scripted and sometimes a bit more stand-up-like. Um, but yeah, I think improv is a big flow-through of the show. Um, historical comedy as well, I should say.
0: <laughs> so where did the idea originate?
1: um that's a good question because it's kind of a bit of a fever dream of lots of different things so the concept of the show is that um i played dante as in the italian poet um and he was what a lot of people don't know is that he was in exile when he wrote inferno and uh, the divine comedy his masterpiece work um And I studied that at uni. Uh, I studied Italian and modern history, not necessarily the modern history of Italy, but sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Some honours classes. But yeah, so I've always had an interest in history. I also studied Italian. I also lived in Italy for a year. um, And kind of had all that in the back of my head. And I remember reading... Divine Comedy, well, just Inferno at uni and thinking, well, this is mental. <laughs> There's like, you know, you're reading it at like three in the morning before an exam and you're looking at the notes and they're like, people say that when he meets this deer, it's an allegory for Jesus. And it's like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's just the deer? a deer. <laughs> the first like chapter is him running around in the woods being a bit lost. And I just kind of, at the time I was doing an improv show at St Andrews with Mirth and we used to do a thing where we'd tell a story to start off and we'd kind of finish it by getting suggestions and then we'd go on and do the show. Um, and I so happened to be studying this at the time. And so I talked for a bit about my observations <laughs> of this, of this, and um, actually someone from that group said, oh, that was really cool. You should like turn that into some material spin it on six years later, (laughs) I was like, yeah, maybe I should, (laughs) did nothing with it, Um, but yeah, I'd kind of always wanted to kind of put together a show for the fringe, but I wasn't sure what it was going to be, and this has been in development for about two years now, two and a half, well, six years, if you count that (laughs) first thing, Um, and yeah, it kind of, it came about, It started with Dante as a character. Um, I also, so I had that information in the back of my head and like funny things that I like about that. Um, And then I also, well, I do Glitch. um, And there's this Italian, there's not an Italian puppet. (laughs) (laughs) There's a puppet that I often do with an Italian voice because it's got live hands. It's gesticulates very well. And we did a show where I just felt like he suited. I did a show where he was Italian and there was a game that we ended up playing where I kept coming up with ridiculous, um, uh, what do you call it? Like ridiculous traditions that happen in his village when people die. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, you know, we do this. And it's like, it just, every time something happened to the other characters, like, well, in my village, <laughs> we do this thing. And I like, it was a fun character and people liked it. And then, at Glitch cabaret shows we host sometimes as well as puppets and I hosted as this big fluffy yellow hand gesticulating puppet and I did it in Italian again and, um, and yeah and I, kinda, I really enjoyed, it felt very comfortable being that puppet and I started doing some games as that, like think of a number. If I, if I don't. where I basically, I decided this was my new warm-up game where I'd go, think of a number, and they'd think of it, and I'm like, is it 72? <laughs> and they're like, no, and I'm like, you win! <laughs> and it's basically, you can't lose, and I do it a bunch of times, and then I'm like, okay, I know what you're thinking, it's rigged.
0: <laughs> so I
1: prove it to you, I prove it to you, okay, think of, an, uh, think of a number, think of a number. I of to give a number. Think of a number. Is it five? No. Uh, you don't win. Oh. <laughs> try again, try again. Okay, okay. Think of a number. Right, okay. Is it a million and four? No. You win! Hey. <laughs> and it's just like, you can't win or lose, but it's amazing how many people like want to be like, I don't know what to say. And I'm like, you just say the <laughs> answer. And it's just, because it's just foolish and silly, and it just makes people feel proud of themselves, even though they've accomplished nothing, um, which is how you want an audience to feel. Um, so I kind of had that, and I was having fun doing that occasionally when I was hosting as Glitch, and then I remembered I had this other Dante like, I have a lot of, stories from when I was in an Italy and studying Italian literature and stuff. And I thought, well, if I can kind of combine that and I was like, well, why don't I just make this character Dante? And um, and that's kind of how that sort of started going. And um, and then I thought, oh, wouldn't it be fun to do other characters that are because I find exile banishment a really odd theme, um, a really interesting theme, a very odd punishment, is what I maybe should have said. Um, because it's kind of like it's not as dark as death <laughs> you know you can't have a whole sh- actually a lot of shows are about death but there are fewer shows about like mm, yeah let's forget about them and I thought that was a weird concept that kind of comes back quite a lot in history and in literature so I thought well, maybe I could think of like other people to do that so it started off with just him being and his whole thing was he was in exile and really sad about it <laughs> and he's like I just want to go home because he loves Florence and if you go to Florence now there are statues of him everywhere and I don't think he's even someone said he's, like, oh, well, he's probably he's not even buried there I'm not sure I should check I should know that <laughs> but in my head Dante's still in my head and in the show all the characters are still out there living somewhere we've just kind of forgotten they're in exile and that's it so they're just kind of timeless ageless characters um so i started doing dante january 2016 (laughs) Um, and that kind of took its own form working on that and then i started looking at napoleon who is more improvised um and again that was kind of stitching up Oh, this is a character I do for friends that I find quite funny. I'm like, oh, actually, I could make that Napoleon, and it's Napoleon. And and now I'm doing Eve as well, and King Lear, who actually isn't the one that... He's the one that banishes people, but he and himself, by doing that, sort of exiles himself, you ah. could say. Oh, yeah. Making it sound more clever than it is. <laughs> That's a lot of the show as well. Um, but, yeah, uh, so... Uh, I'm doing King Lear and I think if I could do the show a part two because I'm already like I want to do that character and I want to do that and there are characters that I threw away because I couldn't quite work them out like I wanted to do Mary Queen of Scots um, who's a very big part of my life because I've just spent a lot of my life talking about her um, doing tours and things um, in Edinburgh Um, so I still would like to come back and figure her out at some point and I'd also like to do Tinkerbell um, and I've been working on bits with her as well, but I can't. I need to not get distracted by Tinkerbell because <laughs> I've got four other characters that need to be, you know, polished off for August. <laughs> so yeah, so that's, that's the very long story of how that came about.
0: <laughs> so you mentioned when we get to Napoleon mm-hmm. that you have a character you do for friends. What do you mean yes. by that?
1: Um, so, prior to Napoleon, you've seen Napoleon. Napoleon is basically I just
0: I've seen Dante. Oh, you've not. And s- I've seen Eve.
1: Oh right, have not Napoleon. seen Napoleon. Okay, so for Napoleon, it's a mixture of so the bit that's from this other character I used to do was my impression of a French person. <laughs> My show suddenly sounds like really offensive, (laughs) Um, it's really not, everything's done with love. Um, I started doing this character on my sister's hen party in Paris called uh, Vivienne the Parisienne where I basically point at things and say no, (laughs) and that's the whole character. Because my thing about, I love French people, especially (laughs) French women. because they're very, they're very classy. Again, I'm making a massive generalization, but you know, French people are known for being like, no, we'll do it this way, because why would we do it another way? Because this is the French way. And like, it's like when you read these articles, there was a book put out a while ago called uh, French Women Don't Get Fat or something like that. And then there was French Women Don't Get Wrinkles. And I think, I've not read them, but from what i gathered is it's because they're like, we use one skin product that my mother used and like her mother used and like we don't eat, this is how we've done things for generations. And I just think that's really funny. <laughs> but they're just like, no. There's like all these fads that Americans and British people kind of really go in for and the French are like, no. Um, so yeah, when I was in Paris, I started doing this. It's basically like, it won't work on the podcast. So just it. for me. So, I, this, if you could just, yeah, imagine, so I'm touching a bottle on the table and maintaining eye contact with Stuart and it's just like, no,
2: <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: No, (laughs) and it's just like that over and over, (laughs) and like pointing at buildings, pointing at like Tupperware, and it's just for some reason really funny, (laughs) and it's and it's there's I don't know why, and. And it just and so when I say it was fun for friends, because like we're on this holiday, and it wasn't an an impression of a particular French person. It's just a thing I kept doing. It also came that actually evolved from another thing I did. I was trying to I was in a shop trying to buy um, a plastic basin to put in my sink. You know, like yeah. for washing dishes, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I needed it to be um, round. No, I needed it to be square, because we had a square sink <laughs> into the <this laughs> shop. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm, and he, he was like, what are you looking for? And I was like, oh, I need a, a basin, but you don't seem to have any of the right shape. I need a square one, and you only have round ones. And he just kept pointing at basins, going, this one? And I was like, no, it's round. He's like, this one?
2: <laughs> this one?
1: And it's like, no, and he's like this one. For like five minutes he pointed at like 18 different basins that were all and I was like, I can see them all. I know they're all wrong. I'll go somewhere else, it's fine. And I, I told my sister that story. And so it's just being like pointing at things and going this one, this one, and it's like all wrong. And then somehow that evolved into pointing at things and saying no. Um, in a really judgmental fashion and then that somehow became French and then that somehow became Napoleon. So there's a bit, so when I'm being Napoleon, um, Napoleon, I, I wear a newspaper hat for being Napoleon, like the shape of a Napoleon hat. I've drawn on the little uh, florette thing. And then um, because again, I, well, I did look at fancy dress Napoleon hats but they all seemed too fake to me. For some reason, a newspaper (laughs) seemed more authentic. It is a French newspaper that I use though, it's Le Monde. So he was trying to take over the world. And and yes, so to me, I mean, no one else sees that, but in my head I enjoy that.
0: do so you have to go and buy a new copy of Le Monde
1: every time? No, or? no, I've, I've bought one, and there there's several pages in a newspaper. Uh, so maybe, there you go. You yeah. only need one double page spread to make a paper hat. God, Stuart. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you never made a Napoleonic hat before. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I do have to make new ones quite regularly. Um, so I wear that, which in itself, but like I don't ever talk about it, because I'm like, you... I'm obviously not Napoleon. I'm obviously not an old Frenchman who's actually dead. But, like, you know, I'm obviously not a French general. I'm a 26-year-old Scottish girl, but in a French accent. And um, <laughs> so I have this blue blazer that... Um, this big blue bla- velvet blazer. That I, and I stick my hand in my thing, in my blazer. And I have this newspaper hat and I wear my glasses still. Uh, when I come on... Um, I I just point at things people are wearing and I go up to them and I touch them and and I'm like, what is this? And they're like, and I was like, no. <laughs> it's as if I'm judging what they're wearing. And I feel like that gives me... Because Napoleon's whole thing is he's so powerful and I feel it's one of the things I'm always nervous about is that I don't command a lot of power, command a lot of attention, but Napoleon has to. So I stand very still... I only walk side to side as well as Napoleon. I don't walk forward or back and I don't turn my back because for some reason I find that's more intimidating and less like, you know, if someone wants to cut, they have to move to me or I move very slow if I do move at all. Um, and it makes people kind of uncomfortable, Or, but it's just intimidating. Um, and yeah, and then pointing at things people are wearing and saying no and not letting them finish their sentence is... A, funny, in the same way it was funny with Vivienne, the Parisienne. Um, but B, also just gets that sense of, like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> and then from there, occasionally I do say I like something. I say bon. And they're like, oh, yeah. Um, and i like, you can keep that. Um, and I, I ask them who they are, and then I say I don't care. Um, and then from there, it's just me helping. I uh, help them with life questions. Uh, right. I give life advice as Napoleon but not really like not he, like, so people ask me questions and the more truthful they are the better so I've had questions from like lots of people thinking about quitting their jobs and things someone asking me about what to do about the fact that they're flat use um, they spend too much money on toilet roll um, lots of different things uh, someone saying that his girlfriend wants him to shave his back like stuff like that. And then I try to give them the most rational advice I can and sometimes I have to question because a lot of the time they're asking a question and it's not the actual problem. They're joking or something and it's like getting right down to what's the real problem here. The problem's with you or with this person and this is what you've got to do to be happy if that's what you want and it's just like ruthlessly rational advice which is actually often very good advice (laughs) but then quite often i top it off with a bit of advice that would only matter if you're napoleon right so like don't invade russia in the winter and it's like (laughs) that's only useful life advice if you're napoleon (laughs) but the rest of it i think is usually quite useful
0: and it's it's the juxtaposition between the very uh, rational and sensible advice Mm -hmm. and the fact that you are yeah uh, an exiled dictator yeah in a hat in a paper hat that i've made myself yeah
1: because i fi- i figured that if he were alone on an island for some time he probably in, in his head he's like i should still have a hat <laughs> and if they've taken his hat off and he's like i'm gonna make a hat i'm gonna make this hat because who cares i'm the one wearing it so it's therefore a good hat like well he was the first one everyone else used to wear their hats forwards long ways forwards mm. like nelson mm. and he's like i don't want to wear my hat like it so he like that so he turned it on its side and he's like this is how i wear my hat now no one's um, gonna argue with it because I'm, I'm napoleon, napoleon. Yeah, exactly. i'm napoleon and it's and i love that's what that whole thing is it's just like i'm napoleon you're gonna fight me on this you're gonna argue with me on this and it's like you don't argue with napoleon you don't try to outsmart him um if you've got a problem this is the way to solve it if you don't want to solve it that way then that's your problem (laughs) and yeah and and yeah and it's good because um i really like playing Napoleon and a lot of the you get a a real mix of questions and then some questions are quite simple. one gig i had three different guys say that they wanted to quit their jobs, and I'm like, what is it with young boys (laughs) needing to quit their jobs, or something like needing more, because their whole thing is like, I need more flexibility, and I'm like, why? (laughs) Why do all the boys here need more flexibility? Um, And so, yeah, it kind of, it gets the room all laughing at each other, and um, they're laughing at themselves a lot as well, because they're realizing what they see as a problem is actually often their own, their own fault. (laughs) Um so yeah uh so that's napoleon which is the most improvised segment i reckon of the show yeah because it completely is on the audience asking me questions and me answering them
0: <laughs> have you uh, done any research or um you know to uh, read any agony answer you know uh, or is this just wisdom that you've drawn from yourself
1: uh, research as to how to help problems yes. rather than research about Napoleon. <laughs> um, we we'll
0: come back to the Napoleon yeah. research in a second. Um,
1: well, I, know. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, well, but, well, the thing is, it's going with the most rational answer. I suppose a lot of it actually is, um, drawn upon CBT. So I've done cognitive behavioral therapy before and, um, I find a lot a lot of time I've ever spent in therapy or doing this is about breaking it down to what is this actually about what is the actual problem so someone's saying oh I'm just really stressed and I'm like so what are you stressed about it's like oh I'm stressed about my wedding it's like why are you stressed about your wedding it's like I've got so much to organize what do you have to organize I've got this this and this to organize I'm like okay go book the band and that's it like and it's and it's doing that it's preparing it down to like the thing, the, the real actual thing, um, and it's kind of taking that approach to things, which I think is probably the healthiest way to approach problems. And sometimes Napoleon is maybe a bit too rational, being like, "Cut them out your life." <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> nope, no. Um, but some, but it's showing you those are the options. Um, and yes, yeah, so I draw a lot from that and my own experience of. Dealing with my own anxieties and <laughs> problems, and how I've learned to deal with it is in a similar way.
0: So. I mean, I like to think that people might take advice from your Napoleon that they wouldn't take from mm. their friends. Yes, like. sometimes you need Napoleon Bonaparte to, uh... to, in a paper hat, to be <laughs> telling
1: you how to live your life. It's true, because it's it's that same thing. Also, of quite often, you know the right answer. Yeah, um, and it's it's getting you, it's guiding you to that. Um, and also, you know, you, that whole thing of you would speak to a friend differently than you'd speak to yourself. And so they do know the answer. It's you, <laughs> like Napoleon speaks to you, how you should speak to yourself, of being like, come on now. Napoleon's
0: um, not worried about offending your feelings or, you, no. know, you know, ruining the friendship. He just no. says it as it is.
1: He says, th- he says it as, he's, well, he says it as it is, but he also, I try not to be uh insulting like I put things in a bigger concept a bigger context and I think it's it's that third it's that second person because um, I think with the so maybe the 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 body hair one is a good example of taking it beyond just the um I don't know if I should shave my back or not because my girlfriend wants me to and it's like well that is an issue of you know are you comfortable with your body hair and also maybe she needs to understand that the reason some people have extra body hair is because it wicks the sweat when you perspire and if you don't have that hair on your back then the water will just drip right down and that will be more uncomfortable so it's like so Napoleon breaking down the biology of your back hair is kind of just sets it in a different plain. <laughs> I may mean, be like, yeah, yeah, no, I think I do need my back hair. I don't need to shave my back hair because actually that I, I need my back hair. <laughs> it's like giving a different um, perspective of the problem or maybe adding to the problems. I don't know. But I, yeah, I kind of feel like at the end of the day, I want to give good advice, but they're the ones taking advice from a girl in a paper hat saying she's Napoleon. And if it works out badly, well, (laughs) maybe they should have thought that through. (laughs) Uh,
0: So did you do much research uh, for the character of Napoleon?
1: Uh, Yeah, I did. I mean, I kind of knew sort of stuff about him anyway from studying history, and he generally pops up quite a lot. Um, And, yeah, I listened to a few different uh Radio 4 documentaries (laughs) because also they tend to be like we have to be down the middle we have to be really fair and (laughs) so it's kind of give it it's like an over an overview of him and um so yeah I did quite a bit so that I always have stuff in my back pocket um if I do want to whip out advice that's only relevant if you're Napoleon (laughs) um and yeah and I guess that kind of comes from interest in him in history generally, because it is is mad. Like He crowned himself as emperor. He was like, I'm going to do this now, because I can. And And he invited... uh, There was a line, I don't know where I read it, but I like bringing it up, even though a lot of other people don't find it as funny. (laughs) But he invited the Pope to his coronation so it seemed more legit. And I'm like, that's hilarious of just being like, I'm I'm just going to make myself emperor of France. I know, I'll invite the Pope, and he'll come, and everyone will be like, oh, well, the Pope's here, so I guess it's okay, and it's just like, what was going on? Was and he's like, mm-hmm. just like doing this, and like, yeah, I'm good at, it. but, you know, in many ways, he was a brilliant general, there's a lot, he's very interesting, very interesting character, so, I just think, like, that amount of confidence is hilarious, <laughs> <laughs> but, nice that he actually had some intelligence and um also he did do a lot like i talk about like fix the sewer system and the education system because he did that and a lot of the stuff he did by being just rational is that i need my people to be healthy because otherwise they can't fight for me well i'm gonna need to fix the sewers (laughs) maybe not necessarily done out of affection for his people but the rational answer (laughs) i don't know so there are historians who know a lot more about Napoleon <laughs> than I do.
0: But maybe they don't give us good advice. Y-
1: yeah, maybe. And they certainly don't present it the same way. <laughs> they don't present their findings <laughs> late night at the Miller <laughs> with the paper hat on there. <laughs> so, um, yeah. It's all
0: about impact. Uh, yeah. Academics these days all about impact. So, so <laughs> definitely, uh, definitely consider that. Um, that's brilliant. And then there's also Eve. Yes. Um, what drew you to Eve
1: Eve well so Eve is the one I'm still working on her quite a bit Um, I figured we had to have Eve um, Adam and Eve being banished well actually before that you have Satan and I almost did Satan because obviously he was one of the first Mm. biblical characters to be banished but I thought I also was very aware that I wanted to play some women. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, and I, and at this point I think I decided I wasn't doing Mary, Queen of Scots as right. well. Um, oh, I at one point I had both and it's like, well then I got rid of Mary, Queen of Scots and then I was like, well actually it turns out Eve is now like the only woman in the show, apart from the obvious me, but like <laughs> I'm being men the rest of the time. So Eve has now kind of come to represent like all women, <laughs> all, um, so she's, and in that, um, has become like a very feminist, like, but sort of punk feminist, like none of this, oh, well, you know, we can have, you know, it's, it's not about man-hating, she hates men, like she's, which sometimes you do have to, <laughs> Present company, you know, wow. I'm sorry, but like, but sometimes it's it's so it's um a lot of it is about her fight against the patriarchy and her guilt because a lot of what feminists are fighting against and the way the patriarchy was able to be created was often comes back to the story of Adam and Eve and it was Eve that um, you know was tempted and was the whole reason for the fall of mankind and. You know that's why she has painful childbirth, and like that's the reason for everything. Even though it was made up, like it's just, <laughs> so it's yeah. So it kind of it makes sense for her, on the one hand, to be extremely guilty about that, um, and then on the other hand, to be extremely angry about that. So her whole thing is that she's just been wandering since like the dawn of time, and is like. Got a bit of a drinking problem, <laughs> and it's just like she's just like, I don't care, um, and yeah. So it's it's at one point she what it was very much me trying to get the audience drunk, and um, I brought like a bottle of whiskey to the show, and was getting and sometimes. But this is the thing: sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I did it at stand up night. It's funny, It's Eve, I've found, often works better at nights that are more skewed towards stand-ups. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes because she's quite dark and quite negative and <laughs> quite grumpy and um, quite angry, where there's, for good reasons, improv is usually a lot brighter and a bit like, hey! gonna get angry at each other uh whether stand-ups really are the opposite of that and they're like oh i hate the world don't we all just hate the world um so sometimes she works better in that atmosphere um especially around like especially because of other stand-ups before i've talked about things that are shitty and then i've been able to be like well that thing happened because of the patriarchy and the whole idea was like i'd give whiskey to people who wanted to shout a rave against the patriarchy. And it was stuff like someone being angry about, not angry, but someone gave a, a, a in their standup, it was Heather Shaw actually, um, who does improv too, and talking about her old PE teacher giving the period talk and how awkward that was and just like, how horrible that set her up for like teenage life. And I was like, that is patriarchy, making it a shameful thing to do a natural thing and your P.E. teacher who's completely unequipped <laughs> because she's a woman, <laughs> to give you that... Go- and then someone was like, some person, women in the audience was like, what about you? What do you-? She was like, I hate my friend's kids. <laughs> and I hate that people keep asking me when I'm going to have kids, and I'm like, say no more, have a whiskey. <laughs> um, and so it kind of went... So that was quite fun, and it's... Yeah, so sometimes it's quite fun getting people on the side of that but i'm trying to i'm still working on how i'm presenting that because as i say sometimes it can be it's not always worked and i do have a bit of, i talk about i talk about the uh the story of adam and eve from eve's perspective so i do it i talk about it as if eve is a stand-up talking about the <laughs> shitty thing that happened to her and um how ridiculous it all is and so it's a bit like that and then it's you know chatting to the audience a bit um and then complaining about the patriarchy (laughs) (laughs) and i think now i'm trying to i'm sort of looking at more positive ways to end it um also because i'm wanting to slip in this thing about amelia earhart that i had an idea of doing where i basically like I don't know, I feel, is, you know when you have one of these ideas and you're like, I'm worried that that's a joke that's been done, yeah. so I'm trying to like look back over things I've listened to and I'm like, do I know this? But basically I had this idea once that um, I wanted it on the screen to be like, Amelia Earhart, Disapp- she, didn't, she wasn't exiled, she disappeared, but disappeared in 1933 or something like that and has never been seen since. Can you find Amelia Earhart? And then the lights come on and I'm wearing a flying jacket with like a lampshade on my head. <laughs> and then the lights go on and it's like, where is Amelia Earhart? And the lights come on and I'm hiding behind like a fridge or something. <laughs> and I feel like that, <laughs> I find that highly amusing. Yeah. And Mike, uh, from was like just put it in the show it doesn't matter that she's not exiled or whatever and I was like well maybe I could do that at the end of Eve because I wanted to do like a powerpoint of like great women sort of thing and maybe I could have her because she was a really interesting <laughs> courageous woman and then filter into that but I'll see how that goes That's I'll good. see if I can work out if it's I just, yeah, I just, I just don't know where, and I'm worried that someone's made that joke before, even though it (laughs) seems really surreal, but, um, I'm working on, so that's what I'm working on right now, (laughs) with Eve, (laughs) um, and I'm going to be doing Eve, I'm doing a preview show, I'm doing two preview shows, so I'm doing one the 18th of June, which I'm sharing with my friend Simon Jablonski, who's doing half an hour of his stand-up, and he's asked me to do the other half hour slot. So I think I'm going to do Eve at that um, because it's more of a stand-up thing going on anyway and I think (laughs) I might do a bit of Dante, a bit of Eve at that and then I'm doing my full preview 16th of July. So. Next time I'm doing Eve. (laughs) I don't know when this is going out. It's going out on Wednesday. It's going out on Wednesday, so be there, (laughs) the 16th of June, to find out if I've worked out what I'm doing with Eve yet, (laughs) or if you just want to rant about the patriarchy to a woman with leaves on her boobs. (laughs) That's a lot of it, too. It's just like.
0: Are they French leaves?
1: French, they're from Finchley Road. <laughs> right. I could steal them from someone's garden.
0: <laughs> that well-known garden of Eden. Yeah. Uh, of London. Well, it
1: kind of this bush kind of goes out onto the street, so I feel it's fair game. <laughs> and I swear I've been doing Eve now since the start of this year, and every time I get the leaves fresh from there on the way to the tube station to get the Jubilee line. <laughs> Because it's authenticity, is very important to me that the leaves are real. <laughs> Even though I'm not a biblical character, the leaves must be real. <laughs> Same as the paper hat, must be French.
0: <laughs> is there not a problem though with the ta- changing of the seasons? Is there not going to be some seasons where you're not going to be able to do anything? Yeah. You're going to be able to get the leaves from this particular tree.
1: Funny you should say that. I did have a bit in that when I did this, actually, because it was around, it was, yeah, it was early January. um, And uh, there were lots of Christmas trees on the floor. So I took bits of people's Christmas trees and stuck it in my hair. And it had been my plan to like, um, use like, use seasonal things. (laughs) But it was just like, I couldn't be honest. But then I did make a joke that night in the show about, uh, yeah, I was going to make this seasonal, but you really don't want Holly stuck to your face. Like, actually, no, because one night there was the girl who was, who was hosting was called Holly. And I was, and that, and then I made that joke and I was like, oh, I need to find a way to make that, um, in the show. So then I made it like a seasonal thing. Um, but it does, I don't know if that'll fly in August, (laughs) you know, be like, that's a joke she improvised back in January <laughs> and decided to keep.
0: <laughs> well my mum uh, works as a uh, steward at uh, a theatre mm-hmm. and there was a uh, panto that was uh, on at Easter and they didn't bother changing it, they just <gasps> went, and now we're going to do the 12 days of Christmas!
1: Oh God. Why was there a panto on at Easter?
0: That is one question I do not have an answer for. I'm afraid.
1: Oh my God, that's great though. <laughs>
0: Why not? Why, Why not?
1: not? People um, are there. They're paid already.
0: <laughs> let's not make it Easter based. Let's just no. do the let's just do the Christmas stuff the anyway. Forty
1: days of Lent. No. <laughs> could you leave with me?
0: that will do half an hour's worth of things. Yeah.
1: Well, we could do like the like twelve steps of the cross. It's like <laughs> first step the cross. Vinegar on a stick. <laughs> That's really bad. <laughs> I feel.
0: I feel that while well, ultimately the uh, Easter story is one of redemption and yeah. that has a happy ending, it's slightly less. Yeah. It's, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of, um, uh, a, lot of um, a lot of bad stuff before yeah. we get to the good. I was trying to think. Try there's a lot of passion before we get to the Christ, but yeah. that, doesn't, that doesn't really make any sense.
1: Uh, oh, yay for Catholic school. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: that's one of the things with improv is that all these hours I thought I'd wasted, uh, turns out it's just material for improv, so yes. it's like, you
1: know. Yeah, so you went to Catholic school too. Yes. Yeah, yes. no, it's it's unreal how much, <laughs> well, especially with like Eve, that, I've, that comes in, Dante still as well, like. Yeah, no, it's great, cr- but definitely it improves shows. Because the one nice thing about the Bible, <laughs> the one nice thing about Catholicism <laughs> is there's lots of stories and characters. <laughs> that
0: is true. That <laughs> and is true. lots
1: of, um, you know, because we both get the reference. We know yes. the references. Yes. And obviously when you have a shared culture, a shared reference, it's so much more fun. Yes. Um, like last year... I have, I have a godson. <laughs> Someone gave me that responsibility, <laughs> even though I'm like my head teacher at high school told me I wasn't allowed to be a Catholic anymore. Really? Uh, yeah, this wow. is a whole other story for a whole other podcast. No, I'd like to do that. I'd
0: like to do the. Um, I'd like to do what do we call it? It's the Improv
1: Catholic, ex- Catholic Excommunicated Podcast episode one. All about being exiled, yeah. <laughs> oh, excommunicated.
0: Yes, so you, you, are you, are you like a Roman Catholic exile then?
1: In a sense, yeah. And may, and you know what, in some ways maybe that was, uh, had a knock on effect to why I thought, not that I was ever like really Catholic, like my mum's not Catholic, my dad's side of the family is, but I did go to Catholic primary school and high school and basically in my final year of school... Um, we got this like head teacher and senior management person who wanted to make the school like more Catholic. I was like we have Sikhs and Muslims and everyone (laughs) coming here. We're not right we don't it's a Catholic school but it's a state school like you know we don't really do that here. Um, And uh, yeah basically I wanted to support Amnesty International and before the summer they were all like yay that's cool that's fine and then during the summer, summer Cardinal Keith O'Brien denounced um, Amnesty International, so it's like no, you can't do it anymore, um, because they suddenly were like, we're gonna help women in dangerous places have abortions that won't be dangerous, and the Catholic Church was like, no, <laughs> um, and I was like, that's hmm. so there. It was a whole whole thing, and it basically culminated in my head teacher telling me in front of my whole year <laughs> and the year below. Um, you can't pick and choose the parts of Catholicism that you follow, either you're a Catholic or you're not. So I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'm not anymore. But
0: That's a whole lot of guilt I won't have to deal with.
1: Yeah, and then, but yeah, so it's kind of like, it was quite a lot for a 17-year-old to have yeah. to like hear. Wow.
0: Um,
1: so yeah, so I guess that has, I don't know, that it's, it's a thing of just being like, oh, I thought people were nice.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and now I'm seen as you know, it's not nice being told you're offensive for trying to help people. No. Um And yeah, so it's, it's a weird thing to come back with that Cardinal then also got Turns out he was, yeah, no, look him up. Just look him up. I will do that. Look him up. He was also against gay marriage in Scotland. Bye! <laughs> 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 so yeah, called it. Um, <laughs> Anyway.
0: You God, were saying, you God, were saying... I what saying? You were saying it was about a shared uh, vocabulary. Yeah. Was there a specific instance you were talking about? You said you were improvising and...
1: Oh, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. But yeah, just basically having... You know, that's the one good thing, the one interesting thing about culture and religion when you have those stories and characters to fall back on. People... People, under, people know where you are with that, yes. and um, it's easy to draw upon, especially something that you're meant to take very seriously. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I
0: have done that um, uh, when performing, um, and knowing the occasional Gregorian chant is surprisingly right. more <laughs> useful than I ever uh, <laughs> I thought he would be.
1: Tools, tools out like the toolkit, yeah. yeah. Actually, this is a good. T- <laughs> this is something I've wanted to do for years, and I totally forgot about doing. I've always wanted to pull together an improvised nativity play. <laughs>
2: um,
1: this Christmas, this let's, Christmas. Let, let's let's do that. Let's I just that. I love the idea of actually asking people, "What did you play in your nativity?" First king. You were first king. You see,
0: when I when I did it, yeah. they were still kings.
1: Right, they're not kings they, anymore?
0: No, I think they got downgraded to being wise men.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't know
0: if it was a regional thing where I was. <laughs> um, but I was definitely first king, first definitely king. gold. Definitely you gold. You got gold? Yeah. Okay,
1: I was an angel, yeah. and apparently there's footage of it um, of me like skipping very slowly around all I was allowed to do it was to skip in a circle around the baby Jesus while they were singing the song but apparently I would like skip really slowly around the front of the stage and run around the back of the stage
0: because
1: <laughs> I was like four I was like yeah <laughs>
0: um
1: but yeah so I kind of like the idea of getting like every all improvisers who want to take part be like hands up if you were a king okay right kings hands up if you're an angel okay right and it's just like everyone, we maybe need to format it a bit better, but I just like, the idea because we all know the story and just kind of going with it and it would be kind of like children's nativity, like, just go for it and people could do whatever, just whatever, as long as the story, the greatest story ever told gets told, (laughs) but I think that, I just think that would be really funny and just like calamitous and <laughs> is that a word? Yes. Um, <laughs> and yeah so we should do that this Christmas. Yeah, I think
0: that sounds <laughs> a, a marvellous idea. I wonder if we would be able to find out about um, psychologically about the improviser based on what role they were casting in the, ah, in the nativity. Yeah. Like, so you know would there be many Jesus's and Mary's?
1: Oh yeah because we were probably.
0: Or with well, they were they the cool kids and they got into acting or had yeah, proper jobs they are all
1: they? the attractive kids <laughs>
0: <laughs> I feel there's a whole being done but I feel we're both yes. getting it yeah, yeah, we're digging it together
1: but this no. is I think a lot of improv a lot of comedians in general quite often while they're all super sexy now
2: yeah.
1: um, <laughs> probably at one point didn't feel like they were yes. the most attractive yeah. ones, so
0: because that's why they needed a sense so of humor. That's why they
1: needed a sense of humor. Um, but yeah, and also there's there there are no small roles, just small actors. So really? if you're if you're an angel and you you skip yeah and if you're even if you're third king what <laughs> yeah. would that be myrrh uh, what gold is? to us all gold gold frankincense and myrrh and yes. no one really knows what myrrh is <laughs> so i reckon that's third king <laughs> um and the shepherds all just gave sheep right
0: well they they gave i don't think this is in the bible
1: was it not
0: well the thing is it just
1: they, needed more rules for the kids
0: yeah and i think the shepherds <laughs> well technically I don't think actually that's not even. Um, I have been slightly reading up on the Bible because oh, really? well because when I was told it as a child right it's this is it's a bit like James Bond right
1: okay. <laughs> I'm with you in, somehow. <laughs> in
0: that in that there's lots of things in James Bond uh-huh. that I thought this will make sense when I'm an adult and I'm grown up and I understand about yeah. things. And then you watch James Bond films as an adult and think, no, nope. makes no sense.
1: Still ridiculous.
0: Much like the Bible, right. I thought, when I'm an adult, I'll understand what's going on a bit more to make a bit more sense. Yeah. Not so much.
1: No, I get what you mean.
0: So I'm, I moved around <laughs> a lot as a child, and um, so I was taught religion by lots of different people, and it was their contradictions between what they said uh-huh. that alerted me to the fact that uh-huh. something might be up. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: so going back and reading, now reading the Bible and um, sort of commentaries, and I find that sort of fascinating because yeah. it's it's probably the oldest story that I remember. It was kind of the first, I don't know if it's the first, but very sort of mythic kind of, mm. I don't know, it had a really big effect on me. Mm-hmm. So now going back and reading it as an adult, I'm like, oh, mm. it doesn't say what I expected it to say, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, I get you. I get you. I maybe should get you on to help me write Eve. some some material.
0: We haven't talked about Lear. King Lear. You're doing King Lear. Is he, the, is he in the yes, culture? Hey, yes.
1: yes, he is. So that I'm working on just now. And I'm employing the help of Mike. Because he's going to make a puppet for me. Oh. To be Cordelia. <laughs> um, so King Lear. I'm doing all of King Lear. Which is... Actually, the play I think is usually about three and a half hours. At least. I'm going to do it in less than three minutes, is the plan. It's also... Par- I started, so I was like, I should reread King Lear, and I copy of it. I was reading like the intro note, and it was like, for many years, King Lear was deemed impossible to perform because of the scope, <laughs> from environment to emotion. Like, apparently it was just so wide in scope that people were like, it's impossible to put on this plane, I'm like, oh, so
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: wow. Um, I'm going to still do it though. <laughs> I'm sure it's not going to be under three minutes, but you know when you're writing your fringe blurb in February, they're like, yeah, doing it in two minutes. Well, that's also like a neo-futurist thing as well. Like they do everything in two minutes. And I'm like, I love, I love the neo-futurists. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so it's like, yeah, I'll do it in two minutes. But yeah, I'm doing it with a lot of, I'm doing it with puppets. Brilliant. Um, and some audience participation. <laughs>
0: Lovely. <laughs>
1: and a very, very abridged script,
0: <laughs> <laughs> which I have
1: started working on, which is a, there's some of the actual Shakespeare in it. Some of it you <clears> wouldn't <throat> know because it's quite- Is um, out
0: vile jelly in there?
1: Yes. Nice. Um, <laughs> a lot, this is where it's really silly. A lot of what I wanted to do is I wanted to make use. So there are various props. My sister and I have this list of like, props we have to buy each other throughout our lives so like she got me a rubber chicken from new york and um i got her glasses nose and mustache she also wants one of those top hats that like pop out
0: oh, yeah. um i want one of those now i thought we about it but they're now they're
1: opera hats apparently oh, yeah. is what they're called she used to fold them up when you went to yeah, the yeah. opera and put them behind your seat yeah and then you went and they just went boop wow Um, there's a man at Spitalfields who sells that. Nice, (laughs) nice. that's a little tip. (laughs) There you go. Oh, I shouldn't have told people because now they're all going to buy them. (laughs) (laughs) He only has like two and I'm like saving up to buy one for my sister. (laughs) Um, (laughs) anyway, these are the problems I have (laughs) with being, yeah, um... But yeah, one of the things I really enjoy are those glasses where the eyes spring out. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: And yeah. I thought so googly eyes. So googly, googly, googly eye
1: things that come yes, out of springs. Sir. So I thought, King Lear!
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I bought like a bunch of those. Um, they break very easily though. So at some yeah, point yeah. you can put them on someone and be like, Gloucester! <laughs> um, I was wearing, when we were taking pictures for my poster, I put them on, because I thought, well, King Lear can wear them, because in this version of King Lear, it's King Lear's playing everyone, pretty much. <laughs> but in the, I'm wearing this big grey beard, fake beard, and a grey wig, and a paper Christmas cracker crown, and a dressing gown, and, but with the glasses on as well, like it looked, and it didn't look human, <laughs> it looked too scary, <laughs> and we, the photoc- Rebecca uh, uh the photographer who's wonderful. She was. We were looking at it and she's like, it looks like too, like you look like a giant puppet. And I was like, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> Keep to the glasses. <laughs> but yeah, so um, that's a, King Lear. I am a
0: man more sinned against than sinning.
1: I've got to write that one in. You know more about King Lear than I do. Again, do well, you want to help me with
0: this? <laughs> yeah, I certainly do, but the first half anyway, when uh, I went to a performance at Stratford Avon at school, uh-huh. me and Brian Lee uh, nipped out at the uh, at the interval and went to the pub for the second half so <laughs> who knows how it ends yeah badly.
1: brian lee who's brian...
0: who's my best friend at school oh
1: see i love i love a four name surname <laughs> of like people you don't know <laughs> It's like, there's no way i know brian lee but i'm, I'm glad i know both his full his name <laughs> it makes it seem more real there's nothing better than a film name, especially when it's something like Brian Lee. Oh,
0: Brian, where are you now? Why did we grow apart?
1: Oh. Maybe this will bring you together. You should come see King Lear. I'm going to be doing King Lear a glitch night at the end of July. Cool.
0: Um, come to that, Brian. <laughs> come to that.
1: It's been um, too
0: long. We'll yeah. finally find out what happens at the end. Of at the end. And there's still time to have a drink afterwards. Yeah. It's the best of both worlds.
1: I mainly perform in pubs. So. <laughs> plenty of time to do both. I mean
0: that's a lot more convenient than the yeah. theatre in Stratford-Avon, not Maybe
1: the Royal Shakespeare Company will see my show and yes. think this girl knows how we should move on <laughs> um, and they'll hire me and then I can quit my day job
0: nice. yes. and
1: uh, be a Shakespearean actor.
0: What, a, what an amazing yeah. what an amazing episode this will be <laughs> if I'm really not with my own school friend and you join the RSC. <laughs> Uh,
1: Wouldn't it also be brilliant if my production of King Lear is (laughs) launched me as a classical actor?
0: (laughs) It becomes a definitive definitive one, and now people can't do it because it's been done to perfection already. Yeah,
1: already done. Can't beat Charlie B. Martin's Glenda Jackson. Nah. (laughs) Um,
0: So you've mentioned um, Glitch. Yes. Glitch and Mike Hutchison. Yes. how did you get involved with Glitch?
1: Uh, I auditioned and I got in and ever since then I've been involved! <laughs> brilliant! <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I hadn't seen them before I auditioned. But so he's
0: um, so said, oh, puppet's brilliant, I can do that. Or...
1: Yeah, um, I got, so I moved down to London 2014 to do a course with, at the National Film and TV School sponsored by Channel 4 in writing and producing comedy. And on that course was Charlie Dinkin, who at the time was in Glitch. She also subsequently left that course because it wasn't for her, but I'd already taken out a loan from Barclays, so I had to complete it. <laughs> Not that it... No, I learned a lot in that course. Um, but she was like, yeah. Um, but she... So I met her on that course and she knew that I did improv. And she was like, oh, we're holding auditions for this improv group I'm in. It's an improvised puppet show. You should come along. Just email Mike your CV or whatever. Um, so I emailed Mike. I um, <laughs> emailed Mike, like, hi, I love improv and puppets. Can I come? And he's like, can you give me some more information?
0: <laughs> so that that was your improv CV? I yeah. love improv and puppets.
1: Well, no, I, and I, well, then I wrote back to him being like, I've been doing improv for eight years. I coached a t- I've like auditioned for that team I've been to the fringe three times with them done full runs like had a successful show with blind mirth um and then I've coached them subsequently and now I'm doing this course and he's like oh okay yeah you can go <laughs> <laughs> I like, um
0: I mean if you didn't love improv and puppets that's probably a definite no yeah. I mean I'm not putting my words course, in his mouth but you know if you don't love those both those things yeah, yeah. Glitch is probably not for you
1: definitely so I think after I told him about blind mirth and everything, he's like oh okay I get you um, and then I auditioned, and he was like, "Great!" Um, and uh, me and another girl got in. Uh, who I met only at the audition because she was Welsh, and then got like a part in a Welsh sitcom or something. Oh. <laughs> so she went back to Wales. Um, but yeah, and then ever since then, so that was coming on three years ago now. Wow! And yeah, still with good.
0: So, what have you learned through doing improv with puppets?
1: Um, it's been really interesting. I won't lie, it was quite hard at first. Um, obviously, I've learned a lot about puppetry. I had very little to no experience with puppets before, what? but like Mike and Yeston, who's in the group as well, is a professional puppeteer, and uh, Sean Garrett, who's a professional puppeteer, um, I got a lot of insight from them, and Mike trained me and stuff. And, um, At first, the first few shows, I I think it took me a good few months of being like, feeling quite restricted from the puppets at first because you want to just go and do improv and I felt like, oh god I've got to focus on this puppet thing right now and I don't, it just felt limiting but then once I realised, oh no way, this is completely, like actually there are no limits because you're a puppet. You're not you, you're, you're puppets, and you can be as big and scary as you like, you can be as, like, sexy as you like, you can be as small and weird as you like, you can, like, jump on someone's shoulders, you can, like, fly, you can do anything as a puppet. It's, like, stuff that... You can't do, like, you're out with your out with is a very Scottish word, it's not a wrong word, Scottish word, <laughs> bringing it to the London improv scene. Um, but lots of English people look at me being like, out with is an awkward, Um No, uh, you're out with your the confines of your own body, um, which is the thing that kind of drew me to improv in the first place. Is that, you know, if I want to play a cowboy, I can, and blah blah blah. But even still, in improv, quite often people see you sometimes, depends who you're performing with, they can be like, oh no, you're a woman in this scene, or whatever, and it's like, and, or sometimes it is just hard to be, if you're telling an epic narrative where you need to have a big, scary monster, or a really malevolent character, um, you can't, it's, it, you, you have to be way bigger than yourself, and there's only so much sometimes you can do with your human body doing that, yeah. on an empty stage, um, with two chairs, you know? ends up being a lot of people standing on chair shouting. Um, Whether it's with a puppet, you can it's, there's so much more theatre open to you as well so you can have a puppet slowly rise from somewhere that you wouldn't expect and they can be huge (laughs) and monstrous and you know, you can play multiple characters at the same time and you can throw them around and yeah, so I, I like how, it's like the thing I love about Improv generally about having no limits on you based on what you look and so forth, and then broken again, sort of upped more um, because you're really embodying whatever puppet you pick up, and you're making, and there's no characters, no one knows what that character's going to sound like. You're going to make it sound like this, and you're going to make them be like this, and it's, it's quite liberating, I guess, as an improviser, to just kind of be a completely different shape. Yes. Um, so yeah, that's that's, that's what I had learned from Glitch, <laughs> is that you can be out with um, your own visual self.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so yeah, I recommend it. I, rec- <laughs> I recommend, I, you know, I generally recommend trying lots of different things. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> and that's one thing that can help you with other things, so. <laughs> right? <Yeah>. Yes,
0: <laughs> okay. So, mm. time for the big, the big final question. The big final, oh, right. question are we almost done? Well, we can carry on for longer. <laughs> I'm happy <laughs> so to, we say say need to put it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, think another beer. The, I think with um, I think with podcasts, you know, the beauty is you can do an hour and a half, um, mm-hmm. and Um, It's not. It's not a TV format where it has to be half an hour (laughs) adverts or anything. So, uh, well, what else would you like to talk about? No, no, no. no. Ask me your
1: final question. Ask me your final question.
0: Um, So, uh, what would you say was a classic Charlie V Martin move? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) What What do you do and people go, Hey, classic Charlie V Martin. Um, That's what we expect to bring to the show. Oh no, I kind of
1: think it's quite sad if there's something like that. It means I'm not doing, I'm not versatile enough. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Um, well, the idea being that (laughs) the
0: listeners can go, oh yeah, that's a good thing. I could do that and I could make that a classic me thing. Uh, And it also means that now we've identified it on the podcast, if people have this default go-to, they can no longer go to it because everyone that's listened to the podcast, (laughs) however many that may be. Um, we'll be going, ah, oh. that's your, that's your, that's your, um, your classic move. Yeah. So it's a little bit of a trick question. It's a bit of a trick question.
1: <laughs> um, I guess I, and I need to some, it's the, the improv I enjoy doing the most, uh, when I, when I'm feeling most comfortable is I tend to be, um, quite, oh God, it's hard. Um. I like just sort of going where the fun is and just being big with that, I guess. <laughs> um, just sort of doing the... Sometimes the first thing that comes to your head, even if it's silly, just doing that silly thing and just really going for it. Um, you know, rather than overthinking it, just going straight forward and doing it and not thinking about, oh, well, you've got to follow this rule or this saying, or this, which I'm kind of I have issues with. <laughs> I think it's just being yeah just being yourself and doing what you think needs what you want to do in that moment and what feels right in that moment um whether that's just getting a weird puppet on stage and going I love law or, so <laughs> I like or just being like I'm gonna skip now because I feel it needs that energy or yeah just um yeah so i I, I don't think, I think that's, I don't know if that's a signature move. People like my face. I get, <laughs> I get a lot of people saying that's a very Charlie Martin face. Really? Wow. Of um, being like, eh, hey, I do say way a lot. Maybe that's it. <laughs> just coming on and being like, ah, you've got it. I like, um, I like take, I like uh, sort of communal signs. <laughs> I like just making sounds at people and people joining in on sounds. Um, yeah I guess being quite physical I'm very physical Um, yeah not being embarrassed to kind of go outside outside your box I'm doing for the people at home I'm making a large star shape (laughs) (laughs) with like you know being just like limbs are part of you
0: I mean you are making the star shape but you could just say I'm making yeah, a star sorry. shape and not make it and I would not tell them that you weren't doing <laughs> well, it but then
1: that's lying Well, yes, and <laughs> <I'm> not me <laughs> uh, yeah I guess I'm very physical and just kind of just yeah I like being physical and bringing the joyfulness up bringing things bright and up I think in the words. I'm doing thrusting my hands in the air, people at home. Um, yeah, just not not thinking too much inside, just being part of the room. <laughs> well, you know, the room is here. I'm in it. Um, that's my advice. <laughs> Be part of the room. <laughs> that was a very long answer to what should have been probably quite a simple question. That was a good answer. But, you know...
0: You have a problem I, with rules?
1: I pro- no, I, I don't know. I just have, may, I see this is where I'm going to make enemies, isn't it? Because I never trained anywhere to do it. I never studied at any improv school. <laughs> 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 I've been doing it for like almost 10 years now. I've been very, very lucky that the situation I had was I had five years at uni um, where we were doing a show every week and rehearsing all together twice a week. And, you know, we'd get new people each year and you we were coaching each other and being coached from people above. And I think it was the great, I was, I'm very privileged to have been that to be my introduction to improv because it also meant that I got many years of crap improv way. Not that I don't say that still happens, but like, <laughs> you know, I, I got to practice a lot. And, um, and I sometimes feel since I've come down to London, even though because I remember thinking oh I wish it was like America where like if I went to people would know what us UCB is and people know what second city is and my American friends that were by mirth would say no be glad that you don't have that in London it sounds great that you can go do all these shows and do all this stuff and and I'm like yeah actually now that I think of it more and more I think about it sometimes when I felt not part of the community it's because people have been like oh well i've trained with this or you've got to do this so you've got to they quote someone or say something and i'm like okay but is that helping you (laughs) like is that helping me like um and i'm not saying you shouldn't do courses or workshops of course i've done a couple of workshops and things and i think they're great but um you know it's all about like oh we have to do this format and we have to do we have to think of this crazy new format or we have to do this kind of improvising. You don't really have to do anything. You've just got to do the basics, practice the basics well and enjoy it and have fun with each other. And it's kind of like, you know, sometimes people, I I, I worry that, Maybe that's why I was like, I don't want to be like, oh, this is my signature thing. Because people might say, oh, well then, I'm not physical enough as an improv, I'm not very physical at all, or I can't be physical. Maybe I'm, I, maybe they're in a wheelchair or something, you know? Like, um, and I don't want anyone to think that they therefore can't do improv the same way, you know? Like, there are lots of different things to do. Obviously, everyone can bring out something with it. Um... I feel like I'm going in a ramble, I'm sorry. But yeah, basically I'm just like, you know, just just have fun, <laughs> be, make people laugh. That's what they've paid for and be respectful to each other. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, I, I feel like I say I'm quite a practical, not practical. Yes, I am a practical, physical person. But don't worry if you're not, as physical as me (laughs) or sometimes improv can be joyful and sometimes it has to be serious and you know that's how improv works it's whatever it is in the room at that time so be in the room (laughs) be part of the room
0: (laughs) wise wise yeah
1: you don't 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 you don't have to do what people tell you. <laughs> as long as you're not being a dick to your fellow <laughs> improvisers. Just do whatever. I like that, I shunned. That not, and I'll, no. I would coach people first, on that.
0: <laughs> not for the first time, and you have experience of exile <laughs> in your show, so it all ties together nicely. Yeah,
1: just, you know, find your thing and i'll happily help people boost that <laughs> but you don't have to do things the way i do things cuz i'm weird you don't want to do me <laughs> um, still if anyone wants coaching <laughs> i'll come along it'll be fun <laughs> seen a lot of improv <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, very much.
1: Yeah, is that is that good? Is that enough? Are you gonna be late for your next no. one? <laughs> hopefully they'll be more succinct. And actually answer your questions. my
0: I'll tune my questions. And yes. be
1: less it's hopefully it won't be less it won't be as Catholic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well I feel I shared. I feel I shared more than I usually do. Yeah, oh,
1: I'm but glad honest. though. I'm glad. That's what you know. Improv and audience participation is about. It's connection. It's
2: connection, yes.
1: Yeah. Um. <laughs> I like to connect. It's Maybe that's the connect, thing. It's Maybe good. that's the thing I do. Connecting. I connect with... I talk to people a lot.
0: <laughs> good. That's good. You listen. And, uh, uh. It's not about answering my questions, anyway. Oh, is it it's not? Oh, okay. <laughs> it's,
1: just,
0: it's just me showing that I've listened um, and encouraging the other person to talk nice. more.
1: Nice. That's good improv, good improv. Yeah. Listening and uh, encouraging. <laughs> um, and saying yes to the thing that's... <laughs> Maybe I'm a bad improviser, though, then, if I'm not answering your question. <laughs> but generally, the rule is you're not supposed to ask questions and improv.
2: <laughs>
1: Except for the fact you totally can ask questions and improv, because that's how life is people ask questions.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think when you're a beginner, it, it, it's when you're asking of questions. Of course, no, in a no, no. Way. I'm just
1: being yes, yes. No, that's 100% true. Um, yeah, listen to rules. They so are good. It's like
0: chemistry. It's yeah. like when you learn chemistry, you start learning chemistry, and then it turns out that all the stuff you have taught isn't really true. It was just.
1: Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I never studied chemistry, so I assumed they all knew what they were doing.
0: Well, I sat next to Christian Cabrell. Oh,
1: yeah! Christian, <laughs> <laughs> friends with Brian Lee. Oh I mean, short
0: workers they were both friends with me. They okay. were You were the glue. I was the glue. Yeah. Um and um and uh, he was very good at chemistry so I mainly really copied from him. Yeah. I'm not really in touch with him either.
1: Yeah, damn it. Gotta gotta get this podcast out to the world. Get uh, your friends back. Well I don't
0: think I've got you know, you new friends since I mean Yeah. Are you still friends with people you went to school with?
1: Yeah, kind of. Um, who have I not spoken to in a while? Katrina Jury.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. One of my best friends from school. She's in Canada now. I should call her. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe she knows Brian Lee's. <laughs> Is any of this going in the podcast? I hope so. <laughs> People listening at this point still are die-hard improv bands. Here's a new rule. If you're not listening at this point, you're not allowed to perform. <laughs> you got to listen to this point to prove that you care more about improv than other people.
0: Because <laughs> it's all about the competition. Who cares
1: yeah. the most? <laughs> I should probably let you sign off. <laughs> I'm enjoying myself too much, though.
0: Thank you very much. I'm enjoying myself also very much. Yeah,
1: let's do this again.
0: Let's do this again. It's Maybe really we fun.
1: record and we don't have to put it out. Well, it would just be nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's just nice because.
0: So I have really nice conversations with people. Yeah. And I think, oh, well, I wish I could have recorded that. Because
1: yeah. it would be
0: lovely to hear it again. Yeah. But somehow, if you're not doing a podcast, people will frown upon To say, you know, I think we're going to have a really excellent <laughs> chat tonight. Do you mind if I record it so I can enjoy it again later?
1: Maybe this could be your thing. <laughs>
0: I just feel that somehow society frowns upon that. Yeah, um, maybe. But at least with this podcast, I can have enjoyed our conversation mm. as it happens, and then yeah. I can enjoy it again.
1: Yeah, later. or we could always just chat more. That would be nice. <laughs> yeah, because I think this is the longest we've ever spoken. It is, yes. Yeah, yeah. long <laughs> <laughs> longest I've spoken, I think, to anyone in quite a while. <laughs> so. Probably why I've not been <laughs> very good at the talking bit. You've done very well. At Thank the talking
0: you. Bit. <laughs> okay. Bye bye. Bye, bye. I'm waving. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> I wasn't waving when I said that. I didn't realise that was a lie. And having spoken to Charlie, I realised that I shouldn't lie on the podcast. No. So. No. no. we're both now waving we're both at waving. the microphone, because that bye. helps.
1: I made this.
2: That's improv! <laughs> That's improv.